on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Kessman, along with new co-host Wendy Thomas. On today's show, we're going to get you ready for the LA Galaxy's big game on Sunday as they host the Portland Timbers at StubHub. We're also going to get you ready for LA Galaxy 2's championship matchup with the Rochester Rhinos on Friday. And in between and all around, we'll be giving you the LA Galaxy news you need to impress your friends, your significant others, and of course your parents. A bye week means only one thing, bulletproof coffee. Sure. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, and it all starts right now. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now here's your host, Josh Getzman. And, and Wendy Thomas, I, I don't have that one yet. I'm sorry, Wendy. I'll fix it one of these days. We're gonna we're gonna get Mike in the offseason to come back and record some new ones. Hey, everybody! Welcome to another fun corner of the galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I am your host Josh Gessman. Joining me is brand new co-host Wendy Thomas. We have a great show for you tonight. Uh, we're gonna talk to a little bit about Wendy. Uh, have her introduce herself to you. We're also, of course, gonna get you ready for the LA Galaxy big matchup with the Portland Timbers on Sunday. LA Galaxy two playing in the championships in USL as well. So a whole bunch to get to. LA Galaxy news in between and lots of fun stuff there. I'm sure we're going to have a good time. Maybe not a, a full hour show this time, but, you know, getting you guys updated and ready for this weekend, a fun weekend of soccer, lots of games being played. Even if you're not uh, not just an LA Galaxy fan, um, there's lots of fun soccer going on. We had midweek games, Wendy. We had uh, end-of-the-week games coming up on Friday night. We have games on Saturday that you might want to watch if you're an LA Galaxy fan as well. And then, of course, uh, getting to the LA Galaxy on Sunday. But, Wendy, welcome, welcome to your very first show as a co-host. Thank you, Josh. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. I know that uh, you've been writing now for Corner of the Galaxy for, for quite some time. You started this year. We had you as a guest last time. You did such a great job. People were demanding, actually demand. I had people writing letters to me saying that I had to keep you on as a co-host, and I'm glad to do it. Uh, I think you bring a, a, a lot of really good insight and probably a, a lot of passion to, uh, to this uh, podcast as well. So again, congratulations. I'm glad to have you. It was really uh, a, a lot of fun for me. There's no shortage of opinions here. That, that is right. We will have everything in, in between. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about a whole bunch of different things. So uh, I think the first thing we need to do, of course, is get you introduced to the listeners. Um, not saying that people don't know you, because if they follow you on Twitter, I think they have a pretty good idea of your personality. But, uh, you know, give us a little background. Where'd you grow up? Uh, how'd you get into soccer? That type of thing. Okay, well, I was born and raised in the Bay Area, just like Sebastian Legette, and I uh, went to UCLA undergrad. Uh, I lived in New York for a while. I went to law school there. I'm currently an attorney. 
Um, I used to work for the government. I was a federal prosecutor, and now I work for a private law firm. Um, and I got into soccer, well, so my earliest salient soccer memory would probably be watching the 99ers okay. and the game versus China. And I have very clear memories of watching, you know, Brady Chastain tear her shirt off and um, show incredible bicep definition. Um, <laughs> and But in terms of the galaxy, I moved back to Los Angeles uh, several years ago uh -huh. um, and... I know that it was after Donovan's Algeria goal, but it was not too long after that that I got into the galaxy. Well, it, it makes sense. Everybody has to have that thing. I mean, we talk about, you know, even myself and getting into the LA Galaxy, and it didn't happen until 2008. I mean, I'm a, I'm a relative latecomer to the LA Galaxy, but once you once you catch the bug, once you get that Major League Soccer feeling... I know, it's addictive. It is, and I can't... Uh, it keeps me sane. I know. I know it drives the LA Galaxy. I think drive a lot of people crazy, Wendy. And I think that it keeps me sane. I, I honestly believe that. That even even whenever it drives me crazy, that that's somehow good for my sanity. And I think my ex wife would agree. Um, that you know, it's probably I'm crazy. That's probably what she would say. So I think it's so engaging. I mean, that's the thing that I found about soccer. Not just the soccer community. The game itself is um, very demanding in terms of how much you can learn about it. There's a lot to learn in terms of strategy and tactics, but it's also really enjoyable to watch if you're just like are interested in athletic pursuits and just the camaraderie of being with a bunch of supporters. And there's 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 really no end to the number of different leagues you can you know follow and, right. and players to get interested in. So it's an endlessly interesting diversion. Well, and Wendy has done an excellent job writing for Corner of the Galaxy. You can go to cornerofthegalaxy.com and find all of her wonderful stuff there. You also write for American Soccer Now, right? Yes, I do. I write for ASN. They're wonderful over there. You're wonderful. You're wonderful over at Cog. I've been really, really lucky so far with the editors that I've worked with. Yeah, I, I basically don't touch Wendy's stuff because <laughs> it's it's way better than any of my spelling could be. So she, I think she fixes my spelling on, on most occasions. So uh, that's that's a good thing there. What what teams? You know, you said you're from the Bay Area. Um, I think off the air you said you're an A's fan. So we can, at least you're not mm. a Giants fan. I think if you were a Giants fan that people would hate you immediately. An A's fan, I think less people care about. My brother's a hardcore Giants fan. So we, uh, I think, you know, my theory about sports is that you, the team that you follow um, sort of derives from when you first became engaged with the sport. So right. when I was growing up in the Bay Area, I grew up in sort of the 80s and early 90s. I was a young girl, and my dad and my brother used to watch the Niners, and then baseball. Right. My brother became a hardcore Giants fan, and I became an A's fan. We actually had season tickets to the A's in '89 when it was a Battle of the Bay, um, at, you know, for the World Series. Right. And ob obviously, if you grew up in the Bay Area, and uh, you know what I did, right. then being a Niners fan was was second nature because you had Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott, Jerry Rice, Steve Young, all these legends of football. Right. Um, but when I was young, I didn't follow soccer. I didn't follow basketball. When I moved to Los Angeles uh, to go to UCLA, I started following basketball, developed a little bit of an interest in soccer, and then that's where I think you're, you fall, develop an affection for your team. So I follow the Lakers. I'm not really – not a huge basketball fan, but I did follow the Lakers for a oh, while, especially when they were doing that three-peat. Right. Um, in the early, like, 2000s, I think. Yep. And um, then, you know, the Galaxy, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I have a fun Joe Montana story. Um, <laughs> whenever I was in, I was on a, a road trip when I was, I think, mm, let's see, 15 years old? 15 years old. 
15 years old because I had my permit, but I did not have my driver's license. So I was on a road trip, went to Colorado, was driving through Vail with my with my family. We ate at a restaurant in Vail, just like a little cafe. And this girl comes over to me and was like flirting with me, which at 15 year old me was not attractive. So this was kind of, you know, something new. She was asking me questions, that type of thing. So I'm standing there talking to her for a little bit. And, and then like her dad goes, hey, you know, come on, we're leaving. And so she goes and she leaves. And my dad goes, hey, do you know who that is? And I'm like, no. And he goes, that's Joe Montana. I go, I was talking to Joe Montana's daughter. So there you go. That, that's well, that's my claim to fame. Taste. Apparently. apparently well, I, I have no idea. She was so, that was, I, I, my dad to this day thinks that she wasn't flirting with me, but I'm going to go ahead and just go with, the, yes, it was, and, and, and we'll do that. Um, I'm trying to think, did you ever play or coach? Have, have you ever gotten that interested in into soccer? Oh, yeah. No, I played soccer when I was a really little girl. I was the sort of typical suburban kid. You know, when people, when FIFA, when FIFA representatives say that, you know, uh, soccer in America is paid, played by young female girls, you know, that was me. My sister played soccer. I played soccer. My brother played soccer. And every weekend, our mom was trucking us around to all the fields in um, Marin County, which is where I'm from. Um, You know, uh, we, my team was named after a candy. It was just so typically American (laughs) suburban soccer mom. That's exactly, hey, I did the same thing. You know, I grew up, I actually ended up playing all the way through, uh, through like my junior year in high school, but I was actually a baseball player. Again, sometimes the soccer bug and the passion for it strikes a little bit later. I kick myself that I didn't become a soccer fan until like 2008. I would have been awesome. Right? I I know it. Why why didn't I, why didn't I like it more? You know, it was, it was one of those things. It just, it just had to click and it, and it clicked for me. Sounds like it clicked for you. Um, you know, I, I guess I should ask, and I don't do this to be sexist and I think people will charge me with this, except that if you listen to the podcast enough, you know that I have uh, the same issue with the questions basically that I'm going to ask, which is, you know, do you have who are your celebrity slash soccer crushes? And we all know that my list is very, very long. So I, okay. I don't I don't think it's sexist to me asking you this. No, I, well, I know yours. I know yours, Josh. Yours is Tay-Tay. Yes, Taylor Swift is my, my like, echelon, very tip of the pyramid celebrity. But there's a lot of other people underneath that. David Beckham, Gordon Ramsay, Justin Timberlake, you know, Jessica Biel. It's it's a long-storied list, quite honestly, um, that I've spent eclectic, a lot— It's an eclectic bunch. Uh, yeah, I think you need to. You just—you know, if you're going to get the green light from your significant other, um, then I think you should have a wider net than a lot of people with just, like, a singular person. So on your island is Gordon Ramsay, David yes. Beckham, Tay Tay, yes. yes. Jessica Biel, yes, and Justin and Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Yep. Yeah, I think I think right now that's probably. But could you imagine just for a second? I know LA Galaxy fans might have imagined this for a second, but could you imagine going to like David Beckham's house and Gordon Ramsay's there, and he's just going to cook you a meal? Oh, are you hungry? Here, come hang out. We're going to hang out by the pool with David Beckham and and Mrs. Beckham. Always with the respect, Mrs. Beckham, not 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 posh, Mrs. Beckham. And then you overcook the risotto, and he yells at you. Yeah, he could see. Wouldn't that be awesome? That is a, that is kind of like a dream of mine. So anyway, yes, that's that's mine. But who are your uh, and well, to, if, and Todd Donovan? If you're on Twitter with me, you already know this because I tweet constantly uh, with everyone on Twitter about Sebastian Legette, who I think is beautiful yes um he's not only is he incredibly talented and very adept at social media right um he's gorgeous i mean he's obviously he's he's a young he's a young lad he's from the bay area like you said from the bay area and and i have very high hopes for him in terms of you know where he's going to go with his career i think honestly the starting 11 for the la galaxy it's hard to deny that we have the most attractive starting 11 in MLS. I give a um, second, I give a silver medal to SKC because I think that that is one 
really hot starting 11 okay. but i think la galaxy does actually have the most attractive uh starting 11 in mls and i would say the left flank of robbie rogers at left bank and S- sebastian Lejet. and out wide that is the handsomest left flank in professional soccer see this is what this show was me i mean i've been saying the same thing forever but i don't think people take me seriously whenever i say it. you say oh, yeah. it and i think you have i think you have some something behind it absolutely okay so that's it listen um you know i just wanted to take a little bit get to know you a little bit i know we're going to talk a lot more soccer we have a lot of LA Galaxy to talk coming up. There was no there was no game to recap this time, so really we had to fill a first segment with something, and this was the perfect way to do it. So whenever we get back, we have LA Galaxy news. We're going to talk um, LA Galaxy 2, and we're going to talk the LA Galaxy, um, of course, headed, or excuse me, the LA Galaxy playing Portland on Sunday. So we still have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, I don't want you to just completely turn this episode off now because we've, we've run off the rails early. We didn't. We did it on purpose. We'll be back on the rails talking some LA Galaxy soccer here in just a second, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. G Studios and not their mom's basement. It's Corner of the Galaxy. Hey, this is Chris. This is Eddie. This is Jason. And we're from Back Block of Memory, and you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh Gessman, Wendy Thomas with you. Back to talk some LA Galaxy soccer now, I promise. We're in the zone. We've been focused. It was a bye week. You had to give us that first segment all to ourselves because... You gotta, you gotta, you gotta relax through that first segment. All right, everybody's settled in now. We're ready to go. You all know that Justin Timberlake would be on my, my celebrity island there. So I think we have all the pertinent information we need to, in order to go on here. And Wendy, the first thing we have to talk about is that we did finally, and I guess finally for me, um, this was the first real sort of in intimate information that we've heard about Bradford Jamison the fourth and sort of where he is and we all knew it was a concussion we didn't know when he was going to come back and reading from LA Galaxy insider Adam Serrano who talked to him it sounds like Bradford talked to some of the some of the reporters today um, at training you get a little bit better idea of what's going on with Bradford Jamison so I'm going to read some quotes here Uh, this is for uh, Bradford and he says it's hard to distinguish a timeline when you're working with your head but we've talked numerous times there are things that I want to just do straight away but we have to look towards the future Um, there are a lot of components to look into but I, I never like to say that a guy is out for the season or out for this amount of time I think it's better to get back when you get back, okay? So Bradford Jamison the fourth is basically what we've understand has sort of been shelved by the LA Galaxy for this season, which is probably a good idea. Two concussions, one year, Wendy. He's a young kid. There's no need to, like, push this quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's very disheartening. I know that he had a concussion within the past uh, year, and then when he went to the U-20 World Cup, there was a couple of injuries that were picked up by the team, including uh, Maki Tall and BJIV, both 
knocked out of that tournament relatively early, even though he did make a pretty impressive showing, you know, early on. And it's, you know, obviously it's really uh, upsetting to see a young player that was very close to breaking through early in the season. I remember that goal against Red Bulls, which was absolutely fabulous. It was really the highlight of that game. And, uh, you know, it's too bad. Hopefully next season we'll see more of him. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. Here's, here's some more quotes in case you want to get some more from, uh, from Brad, Bradford Jameson. And I will uh, work to get him on the show here. Maybe in the offseason we can talk a little offseason soccer with uh, Bradford Jameson. He says, it's not like this team is in dire need of Bradford Jameson. I like how he talked about himself in third person. That's always a plus. Uh, that's not a bad thing. It's just the truth of the matter. I'm proud to be on the team that has the guys that we have, and I'm going to let them take care of business so that I can take care of myself and come back at 150%. He says, they allow me to do my six million dollar man stuff after training when everyone is gone it's not that i've just been out but i'm hoping that i can come back doing this skill now or that skill and it's more than likely i'll be back next season but we'll just play it by ear so that's that's sort of where it is he's getting some extra training time in maybe he will be the la galaxy's answer to um horrible set pieces and actually that's major league soccer's issue for horrible set pieces uh which is why andre R still should be like a the honorary take all for all set pieces guy uh coming off from la galaxy too as far as i'm concerned so we do that um what do you think uh you think that bradford jameson the fourth is going to be the same when he returns next year I hope so. I think that he has a pretty high ceiling in terms of where he could go. I, you know, obviously I think his dribbling ability is very good. His speed is very good. And, you know, he showed, and he's only, I think, 18, maybe 19. I think he's he's very young. And so he was, you know, playing lights out soccer for uh, Los Dos when he was playing for them. He was, you know, by far their best player. So I definitely think that he could, uh, you know, be a starter in MLS. The question is, you know, can he stay healthy? Yeah. You know, and we've seen this a little bit also with Jose Villarreal, a player who clearly does have the ability, who has, you know, Villarreal has a beautiful left foot. He can play, you know, a second striker. He can play out wide on the left. And you just see that, you know, injuries uh, have hobbled him a little bit this year. And it's something that's really disappointing because what you want more than anything for young prospects is for them to flourish and get first team minutes. But, you know, you can't do that if you have injuries. You have to address, you know, the medical needs of the of the, you know, this is really just a young man. And so you really need to take care of them. Uh, the, uh, the age on Bradford Jamison, the fourth is 18. He actually turns 19 on October 18th. So only three days away from his, uh, birthday, but he was born in 1996. So that makes me feel old. Thanks BJ. Certainly appreciate that one. Um, but that's where he stands. So it'll be interesting to see when he comes back, how he comes back. It's something that we'll definitely watch in the off season. Uh, you'll hear more from him. I I'm hoping in the off season and then, uh, into the 2016 season, I think he could be an integral part to the LA galaxy in 2016. So we need to see how that all uh, all goes away. Playoff tickets are on sale as we move on. Uh, go on sale Tuesday, October 20th. I should say they're going to be on sale. So going on sale Tuesday, October 20th at 10 a.m. Pacific for season ticket holders. Uh, playoff strips. Basically, whenever you, uh, you buy a playoff strip, you buy tickets for all of the playoffs, uh, including a possible MLS Cup hosting on December 6th, if that all goes the way that the LA Galaxy hope it goes, and they play a team that is the lower seed of theirs. Um, this is some interesting stuff. Wendy, see, this is what I pulled out of this awesome press release that was talking about playoff tickets. Um, I actually found some interesting stats in here. It says, since 2009, the LA Galaxy have hosted 15 playoff games at home. They're 13-2-0. and And I immediately said to myself, what were the two losses? And the first one popped in my head really fast. 
and and that was San Jose, and it was a one nothing loss in 2012, and we all remember that with the the LA Galaxy lost the first leg one to nothing. I think it was uh, uh, Bernardez, right? Didn't he hit the ball underneath the wall and it squirted past Josh Saunders yeah. like with no time left? That was uh, that was that that game. Do you remember off the top of your head, or did you cheat and look and see what the second one was? No, I'm breathless with suspense, though. Please tell me. Yes. Uh, the other one, and I I was like, I'm pretty sure it was this team whenever I was asking. I actually went to LA Galaxy PR, Chris Glidden, to double check, and then he reminded me to just look it up in the media guide because that's the easiest thing that you can do. Uh, uh, tw- in 2010, the LA Galaxy lost by a score of 3 to nothing and were eliminated by FC Dallas, if you remember that game. I remember that game. Uh, shocking. Quite honestly, shocking game. Got to walk out of there very, very upset at a stub up center with uh, my good friend uh, Chad. Uh, we were not, we were not happy campers on the drive home. Let's just put it that way. So, being eliminated by FC Dallas could be something that we have uh, to experience in the future, though. Bite your tongue, but yes, <laughs> but yes. Thirteen, two, and oh, I think if you're going to buy playoff tickets, then for the LA Galaxy, then you have worthwhile. to. Worthwhile. It's yeah. worth. It's going to be worthwhile. So I say, get out there and do it. Um, season ticket holders again uh, go on sale Tuesday, October twentieth at ten a.m. Everybody else will be after that. You want to buy the playoff strips? Make sure you do it. You want to be at these playoff games? It's going to be exciting. The LA Galaxy are guaranteed to be in the playoffs. We just have no idea what games they're going to be in yet. So, lots of seeding stuff to go over. Lots of that stuff, and we're going to talk about playoffs here, Wendy, in just a little bit. But first, I wanted to go through an article that um, I sort of pulled together today on Corner of the Galaxy, which where we talked about the twenty fifteen LA Galaxy MVP and the twenty fifteen uh, LA Galaxy Defender of the year okay so we looked at those adam serrano was on uh the previous show corner of the galaxy from the box he brought up this idea um to have to talk about it and so he gave you sort of his initial ideas i give you my initial ideas but if you go on corner of the right now you can find the article um wendy's picks are on there my picks are on there so i figured we'd talk about it real quick and wendy this time i want you to give me like your top three in each of these because i think in the article i only went one some people gave uh some some runner-ups like it was real close between some people but the first one is MVP, and I think it's harder to find the top three in this than it is to pick the number one person. So who did you have for your MVP, and who did I have for my MVP? Yeah, I was tweeting with Chandra earlier today because uh, it was there was no suspense to this whatsoever. Right. Every, I think every single COG writer yep. and co-host unanimously voted Robbie Keane MVP. It's not, you. I think people try to overthink this, Wendy. You can't overthink it. It just is what it is. It's his fourth consecutive one. He will win it again. There's no, you can't pick anybody else. If you want to get bored, I hate people who are like, well, it's boring to pick him four times in a row. Listen, it's not boring. It just is what it is. He's earned it again. He's the MVP. It's Robbie Keane. Who is your second? Well, if I was to pick a second, a runner-up to, in terms of MVP, I think I would go with the player who has been the most impactful, both in terms of goals and maybe perhaps the most surprising. I would go with Sebastian Legette. I like that, and he was my number two, or he was my number three pick. Uh, whenever I was going for MVP. So my number two pick was Juninho, which I can I, I think that he's played he's he's made Steven Gerrard um palatable in when I think that Gerard hasn't had the best, you know, half a season that he's come into. Quite honestly, I think his legs are getting pretty tired and he, he's ready for the offseason to come up. But, um, you know, I think uh, Juninho has played in every single game this year in Major League Soccer for the LA Galaxy. He's the only LA Galaxy player to do that. He's consistent in the fact that he usually plays 90 minutes. I mean, there's hardly a time when you pull Juninho out of the game. Um, he has somehow managed to, again, just be that, that solid rock back there so and my number three like I said was Sebastian Legette do you have a number three are you going to say Juninho or are you going to pick somebody else 
Well, you know, in a way you could break the Los Angeles Galaxy season into two sections. And and in the first part of the season, you know, Robbie Keane perhaps would be the most valuable because his absence was felt so profoundly by the team when he was injured. Yep. But I would like to give an honorary mention to a couple of players who were impactful, although they would not be in my third pick for MVP, which I will give you shortly. Okay. Um, and I would say that Alan Gordon and Omar Gonzalez had very good first halves of the season, and without the two of them, the Galaxy would have been in a dire and deep pit. Yes. Um, uh, you know, because if you recall the first half of the season and every year that we do this, you know, the galaxies ha- start miserably. And this is just Bruce Arena's way. He knows the <laughs> ways of MLS and we do not challenge it. No. But the fact is that we were um, our backs were up against the wall in a big way without, you know, Steven Gerrard and having lost Marcelo Sarvis. So I would give credit to them. And then my third pick would be Juninho because not just because I love him and he's adorable, but also because. I think that he's extremely underrated. I think that one of the reasons that players like Marcelo Sarvas and Steven Gerrard and David Beckham have looked good in the midfield has been because they've been complimented by him. He's very devoted to the team. He's a very intelligent little player. I think the only reason why he's not at a uh, big league in Europe is because uh, of his size and his, you know. But I think that he's wonderful, and I, he's one of my favorite players for the Galaxy. That's completely 100% the answer. And there you go, Bruce Arena, <laughs> jumping in there. I just, I just wanted to get Bruce, Bruce's opinion on that. Bruce thinks that Robbie Keane's going to be MVP as well. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Just checking. All right. So, um, so there's your MVP votes. That's sort of how it goes. You, you, you've given us your your three now. So, um, what now? We go to Defender of the Year. This one. Hot, this one blew my hair back. Hotly contested. I'll tell you, people are very strong, opinionated one way. And if you would have told me that this was even a discussion at the beginning of the year, I would have slapped anybody across the face. I would have. Yeah, this is like blasphemy. It is. If I can't believe, I can't believe I voted the way I did. Whenever I did it, it makes me feel. As Jared says, I think he said something like, "It makes me feel dirty." Just, just doing yeah, it. Yeah, you, you feel know? dirty. I, I do. I do. I feel. I feel bad. I feel bad for for. But how did you vote? How did you vote? I voted my number one pick for Defender of the was? Year, Leonardo. <laughs> yeah, Leonardo. Leonardo. So that was my that was my official ballot was Leonardo. So I want you to know that with all of my heart, I honestly believe that Leonardo has been the best defender this year. And that's not the I don't want to take anything away from AJ Delagarza. Quite honestly, he's not as good of a right back as he is a center back. Um, and that's not his fault that he's out there playing. Plus, he's been injured this year. Uh, he's had some of the same issues with marking people as everybody else. But just the fact that Leonardo's even in this discussion made me pull yeah. the trigger for him. It's heresy. It really is heresy. <laughs> We're all going to be burned at the stake later. We are. That's, that's how it's well, going to go. My number one defender of the year was, not a surprise, AJ De La Garza. Right. Um, I think that uh, AJ is um, very intelligent. I remember earlier this year when we played a friendly against Barcelona that he shut down Luis Suarez. Mm-hmm. He is extremely intelligent. He uh, has excellent positioning, um, very good tackling. He, you know, has very um, acute sense of space and where he is in the field in relationship to other players and the ball. And I think that one of the reasons why the Los Angeles Galaxy has at times had a very good defense is because it has two complementary players 
uh, Omar, a player with size, strength, great heading ability, and aerial threat, and a lot of aggression. And a player like AJ, very intelligent and astute, yep. and you know, observant essentially yep. of of what's going on around him. And and they bring a lot of strengths to each other's games. And I just think that AJ is underrated, so he would definitely be my number one pick. He can't be underrated on this podcast anymore. We've literally called him the best defender in Major League Soccer for the last probably two years because he has I don't been. Think he's the best defender in Major League Soccer, but in the Galaxy, he is. Oh, I, I honestly believe that he's the best defender in Major League Soccer. Pure defender, anticipation-wise, he can mark anybody at any time. I honestly believe that if they would have put him on Drogba, which he had a couple of, uh, of challenges on Drogba in the Montreal game, where he actually did very well. Yes, he got bodied off of it, but he made... Uh, you know, Drogba go around him, or or he had to, he made him lay the ball off. He didn't go through AJ. So I'm tired. I really do think he's one of the best and probably the best pure defender in Major League Soccer. And I'm still just so upset that he does not play for the U.S. Men's National Team because I think that he can clearly play international soccer for the U.S. I I, I don't think there was any question about that, and it was short sighted on U.S. Soccer to just see this small. Uh, player and say that he's not good enough to to play in, in, in on the U.S. soccer team. That that was that's ridiculous to me. I don't think that he's the best defender in MLS, but I do think he is one of one of the best defenders, and I think that he's uh, um, underrated as far as you know his value to the team because he I think he earns about twenty percent of what Omar does, and I don't think he's twenty percent the quality. No, no. I, in fact, Omar should be paying fifty percent of his salary to AJ <laughs> Delagarza. As far you're as you're a I'm bit concerned. of an Omar hater, though, Josh. I well, only this year. I used to be a big fan of Omar, but I I have not liked his his effort this year. So anyway, I had Leonardo one. You had AJ Delagarza one. I have AJ. De La Garza two you have who's your number two for number two just to spite you I think I will pick Omar, Omar Gonzalez. Gonzalez he's my and number I'm... three he's my number three <laughs> I, I he was on the list I don't want people to think that I just I completely hate him but but by the way if Jaime Pinedo was still playing um for the LA oh, Galaxy Jaime. he may have taken my top defender Oh, do you remember that game against Seattle, the beginning he, of the season he, when he made ten saves? He was excellent. He was he was, the, was he was one of the reasons the LA Galaxy played. So I I couldn't I almost put his name in there, and I couldn't because he's not with the Galaxy anymore, and he he kind of walked away from the Galaxy, and it's hard for me to vote for anybody who does that. So yeah, that's hard to do. But I mean, I I would bring everyone's memory back to the first half of the season. Omar, the second half of the season, I feel like he's tuned out a little bit. You know, Omar can go in and out. Right. The first half of the season, though, you would have to say he was probably our most consistent and best player. I mean, he kept us in. Several games, he was really determined. He scored. I, I know he scored at least one late winner. Um, and he's, you know, he he has the ability to be a very commanding defender and to be very threatening. I, I would not want to get an Omar Gonzalez's bad side because I get it, that guy's very intense. He comes across as being very intense, yes. and I I think that he can be a very good defender when he when that's something that he wants to do. See, and he, that, and, and he doesn't always want to do it, but when he does want to do it, he can do it. That is exactly it. And so uh, against Montreal. Montreal, and I bring up the Montreal game again, Didier Drogba, uh, Dave Romney, Omar Gonzalez uh, kept kept Drogba pretty much in their pocket for the game. It was a very, very strong showing for Omar Gonzalez. Good it's stuff from Dave Romney. Yeah, it, very cha- This was the biggest challenge I think that they faced in terms of Omar Gonzalez is used to being able to physically just sort of push people around, and you can't do that against Drogba, and he faced that challenge very, very well. And so I think if you're challenging him and he knows it and he's locked in, he can be one of the very, very good defenders in this league, and he can be a very good U.S. soccer uh, defender as well. But I just, 
Sometimes it's different to find out what motivates him and what catches his attention. He's almost like a bull. If you wave the red flag in front of him or the red cape in front of him, he'll charge and you sort of get that fire out of him. But when that cape's not there, whenever he doesn't have the carrot in front of him, perhaps egging him on, there's there's something that's missing from him. And so it's been disappointing for me this year. And um, I will be the first one to admit that if he starts playing out of his mind in the playoffs, I will be an Omar Gonzalez like uh, fan. I will jump up and down. But I'm not going to say that he's been good this year, when, especially in the second half when he has hasn't been and I think that that's been one of the issues for the LA Galaxy as far as their defense is that you need both center backs Leonardo and Omar Gonzalez to be on all the time because one little mistake there's no AJ De La Garza with speed to recover for those guys so um, yeah 90 minutes you need more than 90 minutes that's what Robbie said after the Seattle game yep. last week he said you know it has to be because that, that was we had that game and then it was right at the very end you know in extra time just that, have you know, everybody mark Chad Barrett everybody we knew the ball was going to find it you just don't have to mark anybody else just put a circle around them and then we it was simple i could i could have we i could have won that game for us wendy i think i think that works sure sure all right let's move on now so there is that's my official official ballot that i turned into the la galaxy for voting um i'm surprised they let me vote too so you know hey you're not fooling anybody whenever you say hey they let you vote that's ridiculous um they let me vote robbie Keane, a juninho sebastian legit my one two and three for mvp leonardo aj de la garza omar gonzalez my one two three for defender of the year we'll see how it all plays out these awards will be announced after the game on sunday at subhub center so you can see the results of it live whenever it happens if you're at this game so uh make sure you're there let's go to mls playoff rules before we sort of get into la galaxy 2 and then um and then on to la galaxy playing portland so still uh still some stuff to get to here and because the format changed again this year wendy i wanted to go over exactly how uh mls playoff rules work because you know it can get a little hairy sometimes it's mls so you never quite know what you're getting out of any of this stuff um but as as you know wendy the top the top 12 teams the top six in each conference uh, we'll get the uh, the the to, uh, excuse me. We'll get to advance to the playoffs, and so how we figure out and why we've said that being in the top two is so important is because if you're the, the number, yeah, you get that buy that that first buy the 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 middle of the week. You don't have to play middle of the week and go somewhere, or you don't have to host a game middle of the week and then host a game on the weekend. So that's what this is about. So number three, as you go, you're going to be ranked numbers one through six on each conference. So number three will host number six. Number four will host number five. That is your play-in knockout round, okay? That's how it works. You get one game. There's no tiebreakers in this game. Uh, there's no away goals rule in this game from what I read. So you will play 90 minutes. If it's tied, you'll play 215 minutes. If it's tied, you play penalty kicks. Whoever comes out on top will advance to the next round, um, the conference semifinals. Um, and then that will be when the number one and number two teams come in so that number one team will take the lowest seed that advances uh so if it's the number six then you would take the number six if it was the number five it would take the number five whichever one of those teams um exam advances if it's number three or actually it would be the number four i guess would be the lowest uh, or the highest low seed that number one would have see how much fun this is already you're already starting to to draw everything so number two number one and number two would advance you play the lowest seeds um they're there and then you go into home and home so away goals rule wendy Away goals rule. Are you a fan? Uh, I I don't really I don't care one way or the other. I don't think that it helps or hurts or makes it more exciting. I think I mean if the if the season ended today, the Galaxy would come in second in the West. Uh, Dallas would come in first, mm-hmm. uh, which means that we would get a bye for the first week to the Western Conference Championship, and uh, then Vancouver would be playing Seattle, and Sporting KC would play Seattle. 
Um, we would have an advantage for home game in the Western Conference against any team but Dallas. Right. But if the season ended today and we made it to the MLS Cup and so did New York, then we would be playing an MLS Cup in New Jersey. Yeah, there you go. See, so road trip already. If that indeed happens, by the way, the league is salivating at the possibility. Oh, New York, LA, man, um, that's all they want. They can't. That's it. Would be Christmas for them. Come early, December sixth is when MLS Cup will be played. Uh, it would be a lot of fun. So anyway, so that's sort of how it breaks down. Obviously, you go into home and home uh, again. So a home and away if you're if you're from a single team there. I use home and home like it's a football thing. It makes more sense to me. Uh, home and home in the conference finals as well. The away goals rules in play there as well. MLS Cup, of course, is a single game. No away goals rule. Uh, tiebreakers will be used. And by the way, just in case, somebody asked me today on Twitter, hey, what are the tiebreakers again? And I said, oh, I have no idea. Let me look it up. So... I looked up the tiebreakers, and like normal, it's a long list of really weird things. Um, but it makes sense for the most part. Uh, MLS team standings. This goes for, for team standings at the end of the regular season as far as seeding. It would also go into effect if there were um, you know, somehow ties for seeding or, or, or that type of thing um, you know, towards the playoffs here as well. So MLS team standings and tiebreaker procedures, basically, this is what it is. So your first tiebreaker is total number of wins, which... I'm perfectly okay with. I have no problems with that. That usually, I would rather give a higher seed or a higher place to a team that has the, uh, a higher number of wins than anything else in the world. That that makes easy and and easy. Um, excuse me, makes makes the most sense for me. So then you go to goal differential is number two. Goal differential again. When did you have any problems with goal differential? That usually shows you know pretty well what a team is. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Okay, so we got go- so total number of wins, goal differential, goals for, so how many goals you have scored um, as a team, which again, if you're an offensive team, that's great. Um, if you've made it past the goal differential, then you probably have a pretty decent goal differential. These all keep going down. So as their ties with total number of wins, if total number of wins were the same, you would drop down to the next tiebreaker, okay? So it just keeps going. Goal Goals for, now it gets crazy, fewest disciplinary points. I know you've all been keeping track of the dis- <laughs> no, I can't dis- believe that. disciplinary points. There is actually a chart somewhere on MLS Soccer that gives the disciplinary points for each team. I will see if I can find that before the end of the show. Um, we'll just, we'll, we'll leave that one for now, but fewest disciplinary points. So like when you get red cards, you get points. Like they, they give you, I don't know how many points you get for a red card, but that's not nice. And like, if you've been warned for mass confrontation, then you get like points, you know, it's, it's one of those. So the more points you have, the, the naughtier the team you are. So then you go to road goals, differential road goal four, home goals, differential home goal four, coin toss, two clubs <laughs> or drawing of lots, three or more. All right, there's uh, your complete list of tiebreakers. I want to get to the drawing of lots with three or more, quite honestly. I think that would be the most fun. You get the short straw. Sorry, you're screwed. Um, it pro- to contextualize this, if the, if the season ended today, both Dallas and New York are tied on both points and tied on wins with a 16. So if the season ended today, it would be decided by gold differential. And right now the gold difference for Dallas is 11. For New York, it's 15. So New York would win um, the supporter shield if it was decided today. Yay. All Yay. Right. There no. you go. See how easy that was? You you hardly ever have to go to like five tiebreakers. Although I have seen in MLS it go to like three or four. Um, that can happen for sure, especially with this tight as the Western Conference is and how everybody sort of figures out it's it's going to be interesting to sort of see, um, you know, who really comes out on top, especially for some of these three, four, five, and six seeds. I mean, that's really where it's coming to. And the LA Galaxy can very realistically be a three or a four seed in the Western Conference. I think three seed is probably the 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 highest chance but a two seed is very good they have a possibility of six 
uh, points in the last two games, so you can sort of see where their their max number of points would be. Um, let's see, they have 51 right now, so their max points would be 57. Uh, FC Dallas has a possibility of uh, getting 60 points. Uh, Vancouver, hey, we finally have a team who has more games played than us, by the way. Their maximum would be uh, 53 points because they only have one game left. Vancouver with one yeah, game Yeah, but Kansas City has three more games to play. And they have to play it in the same amount of time the LA Galaxy will play too, and they've already been playing a ton of games, and they have not been doing that great with it. So, (laughs) excuse me. So it'll be interesting to see how it continues to play out um, down that road and, and as we look. So... That's sort of your your playoff update and getting everybody up to date there. I hope that uh, we didn't have to break out the diagrams for any of this um, because, quite honestly, the next press release that I'm going to go over is probably the most important one we had. Uh, in a bye week, awesome things happen. So this is the most awesomest thing that happened in a bye week and the press release that follows. Uh, Bulletproof Coffee, the only coffee specially engineered for performance, will become the official coffee sponsor for the Galaxy and Los Dos at StubHub Center. Congratulations, everybody. On this. Are soccer players supposed to drink coffee? Shouldn't they be settling their nerves and drinking like hydrating a lot or drinking like Powerade and Gatorade and stuff like that? I would think that coffee's a no-no. Wendy, let me read you from the press release um, about Bulletproof Coffee. Popular among athletes, I'm quoting here, popular among athletes, celebrities, and more. And more. Bulletproof coffee is the powerful combination of the bulletproof upgraded coffee, the lowest toxin, highest performance coffee beans available. They're using unsalted, grass fed butter, and brain octane fuel. That's right, brain octane fuel, a potent <laughs> coconut oil derivative that boosts brain energy. I'll just drop the mic and leave it to you, Wendy. There you go. Bulletproof coffee. That is a farcical press release. It is. Toxins. Okay. My best friend is a doctor. Her fiance is a doctor. People, when you talk about things being toxins and high octane, just disregard it entirely. No, it says right here in the press release. It has to be true. Um, But nonetheless, somebody said, are you, are you serious about this, this, this sponsorship? And I'm like, are they paying us money? Because as long as they're paying us money, I could honestly care what kind of coffee they have. But if you want to know what Bulletproof Coffee is all about, all right, you can get it at StubHub Center as they'll be opening up their second location. They have one location in Santa Monica. That is their flagship store. They'll be opening up a location at StubHub Center. You, too, could be wired for this next game. I, I imagine it's coming up. <laughs> we can just be jacked out of your mind <laughs> you can, on coffee. It's got, well, it's going to help you because, again, it has it has brain octane oil. So, I mean... That is really I I need that right now. I'm telling you, I need the brain octane oil. Um, or and, you could be you could be sipping a cool and refreshing Goose Island beer. And if the people of Goose Island want to send Josh a case of beer, uh, I promise that I will not steal any of it. No, you can have some. I will. I if I get free beer, you can have free, and we will talk about it with with. Vigor, gusto, quite honestly, with gusto. with gusto, we will be excited about it. So that's where it is. And if that's not all enough, I know you thought the press release was over. No, no, it is not. Hold on, hold still. The perfect uh, bulletproof coffee ambassador has been chosen for this particular brand. An LA Galaxy player who, whenever I think of bulletproof coffee, I think of this person immediately. Baggio Husidic will appear on behalf of bulletproof coffee as well as participate in a video or photo promotion on behalf of the brand in addition to being highlighted on the bulletproof coffee website. Thank you very much. Baggio Husidic will have him on the show very soon. I'm sure talking about bulletproof coffee. I, re- I, Hey, again, money is money. Could care less. Don't care. 
don't sweat this. We had fun with it, but don't sweat. This is this is just something that professional sports teams and Major League Soccer have to put up with in order to get some money, and I'm okay with that. So you'll see some advertising around StubHub Center, all that fun stuff. I'm sure that they paid in order to do that. So, I, I mean, you know, they didn't pay a lot of money because they got Baggio Sidich, but... Yeah, I, 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 I buy a lot of stuff that's sponsored. You know, the sponsor is the LA Galaxy. Yes. Yeah, like know, what? I, I, well, the beer, all the—I mean, the craft beer. You go to the craft beer okay. stand. There's, okay. there's all these wonderful local craft beers that are delicious. I mean, I have tried every single one of those. See, there we go. Okay, so, so there, there we we have it. Um, all good stuff. Now we're gonna move on. Uh, I know there's not, nothing quite topping bulletproof coffee, but we are going to attempt to do that as we talk about a championship game being played on Friday night. If you're listening to this podcast, more than likely you are listening to it on Friday morning or Friday in the afternoon. I want to remind you that at 4.30 p.m. on Friday, the LA Galaxy 2 will take on the Rochester Rhinos in Rochester. It's the number one in the East Rochester Rhinos versus the number five in the West LA Galaxy 2 as they look for the USL championship game. Uh, This is a big deal. The LA Galaxy are hosting a party, a viewing party at Phantom Carriage. If you're looking for Phantom Carriage, it's located in Carson at 18525 South Main Street. That is where this viewing party is going to go. It's going to start at 4 p.m. The game is at 4.30 p.m. If you are going to be watching this from work or wherever you're going to be, it is going to be streaming live on LAGalaxy.com or ESPN3, however you want to get it. That works. ESPN3 just picked up this game. Um, So you'll be able to uh, find that on LAGalaxy.com as well is probably the easiest way. I'm not saying don't go to ESPN and not bump up the numbers. That way maybe they'll have the USL on ESPN3 more. But at the same time, it's probably just going to be easier to go to LAGalaxy.com to find it. So um, that's that's the exciting part of this. I mean, you basically, Wendy, when you look at this, and I have looked at it a little bit, um, I try to get as much LA Galaxy 2 as I possibly can. Not always an easy task. Uh, The LA Galaxy will be facing the best home team, which is the Rochester Rhinos at 12-0-2 against the best road team. Uh, the LA Galaxy 2 are 8-6-0 in the regular season, and they've added uh, two more away wins in the playoffs as well. So, um, Ironic. It, it, Ironic it, that Los Dos is so strong on the road when the LA Galaxy cannot win a road game. It's painfully ironic, though, right? I mean, it's like, come on. Can, can, can we just switch players? Like, could we just line change whenever we're going on the road and let oh, Los Dos go? Oh, we switch players. I, we yeah. do switch players. We do. Dave Romney, now you belong to LA Galaxy. That's right. That's right. And I'm sure they could use him in LA Galaxy 2 right now going up against what is a, a pretty good Rochester Rhinos uh, offense. A lot of speed. Um, you know, they know what to do with the ball. This should be, a, I mean, if you're looking for a perfect example of, of USL soccer at, at sort of its pyramid, uh, you got you got to look at this game as being really a, a good showcase. I'm excited that this game is being played where it is in Rochester. Uh, I'm excited that it's going to be, you know, broadcast on, on YouTube, which is basically all of the USL games are broadcast. So there's never an issue about trying to find a game. That's great. Um, and I'm excited for what this means for LA Galaxy 2 trying to become the first MLS managed owned uh, team to win a USL championship. I mean, you could think about it and see that the LA Galaxy 2 could win uh, a USL championship. The LA Galaxy could win, um, you know, an MLS Cup again. And, you know, and Cosmo was named uh, the, the mascot of the year in USL. I mean, it's pretty much a clean sweep. 
Yeah, and I'm really excited about this game. I'm very glad we're playing it against Rochester, one of the more established teams uh, in USL. It's a team that's as old as MLS. They won the 1999 US Open Cup, which makes them the only non-MLS team to win the Open Cup since the founding of MLS. They make the playoffs almost every single year. They have a really good following in uh, Rochester. And they have some really good players. They, their goalkeeper, they have a goalkeeper, Brandon Miller. He's this kid from UNC. He led the league in USL in terms of shutouts this year. So, you know, getting one past him is going to be a challenge for the goal puppy. And, you know, they have a couple creative players. They have this kid, Canardo Forbes, who's uh, they're sort of their creative playmaker type. He's... Um, uh, they have some good forwards. Um, they have this guy, Christian Valeski. They have a Dos Santos. They have a guy, Steven Dos Santos. They have a Dos Santos who scores goals for them. We have a Dos Santos yes. that scores goals for us. Sometimes, yes. So it's going to be a really good game. And I think that uh, I enjoyed watching the playoffs in USL this year. I, I enjoyed it actually more than I thought I would. I watched... Um, both the game against uh, Orange County and the game, uh, you know, that we just had last weekend against OKC Energy, and I, I, I was surprised. It was surprisingly compelling for me. I mean, I know that it's not exactly high production value yet, USL, right. but um, I think that it's exciting to watch some of the younger prospects that you imagine could be on the Galaxy soon or have, you know, made appearances for the Galaxy. For the OC game, I remember thinking Raul Mendiola looked really good. He's very mobile and creative. I thought he was doing a lot. The Goal Puppy, um, which I think is one of the best nicknames I've ever heard. Ari Lasseter. I I, I hope Ari Lasseter keeps that nickname for the rest of his career. I'm going to say it every single time that we talk about him because I want want to reinforce it as something that everyone thinks of when they think of Ari Lasseter. And Jack McBean, you know, I thought he worked both sides of the ball. He's got an incredible work rate. And so you can see a lot of... Um, you know, talent there on display. And, and I thought it was pretty entertaining, frankly. Yeah, it, it can be. And now you you sort of get that hook, too, because it's LA Galaxy related that you're, you're pulling for them now. You want them to win a championship. I say go to as many Los Dos games as you can. Uh, they're not expensive. Most of the time you can get tickets for $10. They do $2 tacos, $2 beers. Um, you know, on on a uh, on a fun night out scale, it's, it's cheap and it's good. And it's frenetic because USL soccer is all about um, crazy running up and down the field for 90 minutes i mean it's really just like full-out sprints because most of these kids are pretty young and and it's just back and forth and back and forth so um although la los dos is one of the younger teams i mean some of these uh okc energy rochester those are both slightly older teams than we have even though we have guys like daniel steers clement diop who are in their mid-20s some of the usl teams have players in their late 20s or 30s and you know so we have we have a lot of kids and most of the mls um franchises you know uh rb2 sound Founders 2, Timbers 2, they're very young. But yep. some of the more established teams like Rochester that have been around, you know, as long as MLS teams, they have an older squad. Yeah, they do. And it's sort of the, the difference between just having a USL team as a pro team and having a USL team as a development team. And, and that's really where you see the LA Galaxy. Uh, you know, I think they have eight players that are 21 or younger or something like that. It's 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 fun to watch. And that's one of the things that you want to do is you want to take a look and, and see, um, you know, these young kids. So again, uh, 4.30 Pacific time, it is uh, the 
the Rochester Rhinos hosting the LA Galaxy, uh, ESPN3 or LAGalaxy.com. Again, the viewing party at Phantom Carriage in Carson, 18525 South Main Street, uh, Carson, California, the LA Galaxy hosting that watch party. So you're definitely going to want to see it. Um, Kurt Anolfo said in, in his press conference today, he said, uh, we're a young team, we're an exciting team, and we're playing against a great team that defends well but has unbelievable speed and athleticism in terms of going forward and creating chances. So we know it's going to be a great game. So that's Kurt Anolfo on the game. So that's sort of where we are right now. Now we're going to transition and start looking at the LA Galaxy versus the Portland Timbers. Wendy, we have about mm, six or seven minutes left, which is plenty of time always to preview a game because there's a lot of question marks and uh, not a lot of uh, concrete answers whenever you're looking at LA Galaxy versus the Portland Timbers. Um, we've already pretty much gone over standings and you can sort of understand what that is. If not, you can you can go you can go to can go to standings. They'll tell you all that stuff right there. So uh, so keep an eye on that. The only thing I want to sort of point out about the schedule that's coming up is that uh, the LA Galaxy will play on Sunday, obviously playing against the Portland Timbers. All right. And then there is the Wednesday uh, CCL game. So you're going to want to pay attention to that CCL game. I know everybody is sort of just put that out of your mind, but it's going to be interesting to see what Bree Serena does. This game still matters for seeding. The LA Galaxy have already won the group in their CCL, um, but it'll matter on who they play. The higher the seed, the, the more likely the chances you avoid a Mexican team in the second round, if that's at all possible. So we'll We'll sort of see how that all comes through. Um, but again, Wednesday, October 21st at 7 p.m., I think I'll have a show uh, early in the week next week that will preview this game and give you an idea of what's going on. I'll probably do that with LA Galaxy Insider Adam Serrano, so take a look at that. And then the final game of the season, October 25th, uh, Sporting Kansas City at Sporting Kansas City. So you're going to travel to uh, to KC to take on Sporting Kansas City in the last game. Uh, the world's tallest water slide resi- resides uh, not too far away from uh, Sporting Park. Just FYI, uh, I want to give everybody that heads up. It's probably going to be too cold to go on it, though. So if you're traveling for that particular reason, you might not want to. Um, but anyway, so we, we now focus on the LA Galaxy. Versus the Portland Timbers, again, Sunday, October 18th. This is a 4 p.m. kickoff time on Sunday. 4 p.m. kickoff time. A little earlier than the 6s or the 7s that sometimes you get. It's a Sunday game broadcast on Fox Sports 1, Fox Deportes. Uh, it's not on radio in in English. You have to use the Beast app if you need to catch it on the radio. So make sure you download the Beast app on your phone. You can get it there. Uh, and then 13.30 a.m. in Espanol uh, for all you Spanish speakers. You can catch it on the radio there. All right. Uh, one side note to this game, I encourage all of you because the LA Galaxy is hosting a food drive to benefit the LA Regional Food Bank. Um, this, this is happening all week, um, but specifically all the way through the game on Sunday, bring some canned food. Uh, the club goal is to collect over 400 pounds of food at the donation drop boxes. They'll be located at each StubHub Center gate entrance throughout the week and during the match on Sunday. So make sure that you bring some canned food if you can and help out the LA Regional Food Bank. Wendy, uh, Portland does not do well whenever they come to StubHub Center. Um, it's, it's actually a well-known fact that uh, that Portland is is not great at StubHub Center. In fact, the LA Galaxy are undefeated in their last five meetings with the Timbers, uh, and with three wins and two draws. So um, already a tough match for the Timbers, and they come off of a midweek game, a one nothing win over RSL that saw them go up a man. Uh, I think just before halftime. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see this Portland Timbers team who's struggling to find uh, you know some playoff. Uh, oomph as they're trying to get into the playoffs here. Um, they're right on the line. This is going to be a fun match. Well, I wouldn't say that either team is really in any kind of have a, you know any any kind of streak or in any any form, good or bad, right now. The 
Portland's recent record is lost, tie, lost, win, lost, win. The LA Galaxy's recent record is win, lost, tie, lost, win, tie. So we have basically no streaks. We have no particular form. We have nothing that's trending in any sense. It's just a up-in-the-air match, which to me, since it's at home at the StubHub Center, suggests a Galaxy win. It, it does. The LA Galaxy, very good at home this year. Only very one, good at home. Only very one loss to Vancouver. We all remember it. I was there. Um, I think you that were probably painful. there. Yep, it was painful. So that's what it is. Uh, the interesting thing comes from suspensions and injuries and everything that goes on there. Uh, Alvis Powell for the Portland Timbers picked up a yellow card. He will sub- He will miss... Uh, the game against the LA Galaxy um, due to yellow card accumulation. So uh, that's going to be sort of interesting to to keep an eye on and see who replaces him. I know Jack Jewsbury did not make the trip to RSL uh, dealing with an injury. Don't know if Jack will be ready for this game against the LA Galaxy. I think there was one other player who was possibly a question Will mark. Yeah, Will Johnson is, is, is another one who's at least was listed as questionable. But I also look at the LA Galaxies listed as out right now. Um, and this apparently was updated uh, today as we're recording on October 15th. Uh, you see some interesting names. Forward Giovanni Dos Santos says that he is listed as out, not questionable, but out. Uh, and Robbie Rogers is listed as out, not questionable, out. Um, both of those, I think, are questionable about whether or not they are really uh, out. I think that they should be listed more as questionable. Giovanni Dos Santos seems like he's been training with the team uh, for most of this week, especially towards this last part. There was actually an action shot of him uh, uh, jumping and playing in a in training today so um all questions that will be answered obviously with the starting lineup wendy but um it could be a, a rather short-sighted la galaxy side if you do indeed miss out on giovanni dos santos and robbie rogers yeah i mean i do think that injuries are going to dictate our lineup here because it's not only assuming that we're getting uh you know viable information from los angeles galaxy which who knows you because we could be tricked yeah don't but, assume that uh, bradford jameson is out with concussion donovan is obviously out he's with his has a bad foot Husinich is still out DeSantos is out robbie rogers is out that means both our primary left back and our secondary left back are out with injuries, which means I think we're going to see Dave Romney playing left back in this game, which also means that our center backs are probably going to be Leonardo and Omar with AJ at right back. Now, the question is that if we don't have ourselves who's Sidich, and we also are missing all the USL guys who are going to be playing tomorrow night, which means no Raul Mendiola, which means no Oscar Sorto, which means no Ignacio Maganto, because I think that he traveled with them, then... Are we going to, and there's no DeSantos, we could have, you know, as our three midfielders, we'll definitely have Legette, Gerard, and, you know, Juninho. But then are we going to play Zardes out wide on the right, or are we going to play him up top with Kino? And bearing in mind, Zardes just had two games with the U.S. men's national team in the past week, which I don't think means that he won't play because he's, you know, got a hell of an engine. But I do think it's probably more likely, seeing how much running he's had to do in the past week, Bruce Arena is going to be tempted to put him up top with Kino, which means I think what could happen and what I would do if I was the coach, which I'm not, is if Jose Villarreal is healthy and able, put Villarreal out wide on the left, 
move Legette over to the right to play out wide, and that is your lineup. It, it could be interesting. That's certainly something to keep an eye on. Of course, it could be that uh, you know Giovanni Dos Santos starts and Jossie Zardes will play in the midfield, even though he's had a lot of minutes. Or uh, maybe Alan Gordon gets a start up top for no reason whatsoever. I mean, Bruce, Bruce is ready to pull the trigger on something that will make me scratch my head this time around. So, of course, we'll have coverage of that game uh, from the game on Twitter at Galaxy Podcast is where you can find us. Um, and then, of course, we'll have our, our previews and our recaps up on cornerofthegalaxy.com, something that, something that you can that you want to you want to leave and, and sort of fade out Wendy with this particular quote that AJ Delagarza gave this week, which is possibly my favorite quote ever said by any LA Galaxy player since David Beckham didn't answer a phone that rang in his press conference because it wasn't Samsung. Um, this is this is a real quote. It needs to be made into T-shirts and banners and everything else. This is AJ Delagarza to a T. It says, "I will give whatever I have for however long I can give it." And he was talking about an injury that he has that he's trying to come back from and he feels like he'll be ready to play at Portland that won't be an issue and AJ has certainly been banged up this year but I will give whatever I have for however long I can give it explains AJ Delagarza pretty much perfectly for me and if you want to if you want to get behind if you if you're having trouble figuring out whose name you should put on the back of a jersey a guy who says that about defender his of yeah, defender, def- of defender of the year defender of the year possibly uh, a guy who says that about his team and about the effort that he gives the LA Galaxy is is number 1 in my book I've always been an AJ fan and this just continues uh that trend so I will give whatever I Love have for him. however long I can give it Love him, love him. He's he's wonderful. He's he's absolutely everything that you want for a player who's on your team. Uh, he deserves more money. Um, lots of players deserve more money. AJ Delgarza is one of those guys. Who lots are, of players deserve less money. Lots of players deserve less money. We could balance things out so well if we, we got to if we were the ones assigning the paychecks. Yes. I feel like we could sort this team out. No on, problem. On a team by team basis, we would assign the amount of money that each player gets during that dur- after that game. Like, okay, so here we go. We have a we have a set number. We have a bucket here. We're going to start handing out the paychecks. I think we could uh, we could do a good job for that all right so wendy is there is there anything else that you want to get to before we get out of here or is it or, or are you done no i'm gonna wish all the low dose guys luck this friday we're all gonna be rooting for them and i look forward to seeing everyone at the game on sunday yeah it should be great again the game 4 p.m pacific time fox sports one fox deportes um should be a a great game really looking forward to it la galaxy hosting portland timbers uh if you are an la galaxy fan three points at home is exactly what you need um it's what is actually almost mandatory portland's going to be looking for the point here absolutely looking for the point so if they're looking for the point Make sure that you get all three because I don't like teams who come in looking for a point. That's uh, that doesn't work for me. I'm I'm not a happy camper. Whenever that comes. All right, uh, Wendy, why don't you tell people where they can find you on Twitter, and then we'll get on out of here. I am at Bards Blonde on Twitter, and you can find my articles at American Soccer Now and for Corner of the Galaxy. All right, and if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. Of course, we have Instagram, we have our website, cornerofthegalaxy.com. We have all that fun stuff, so you want to check that out and, and get on it as, as soon as you can. All right, I want to thank Wendy for uh, for coming on, joining on board as a co-host. Uh, she will be on here regularly along with our other co-host, Jared Dubois. Corey Ritzau will be rotating through everybody as we continue through the postseason, through the offseason, and into next year as well. So don't worry, we're not going anywhere. Uh, I think that's about it. Good luck on the game on Sunday. Good luck Friday for LA Galaxy 2. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, for Wendy Thomas, I'm Josh Gessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, and we will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook. 
by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backheel.com. Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you here again. Until then, I'm Michael Arapo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everyone.